How's it going, everyone? My name is Jeff Bacalar, and I've known Dan Riker for a very long time. And very long. Um, very. That makes it sound like we went to like junior high together. I, I just, I, I don't know. It, maybe like we we immediately felt like uh, we were good longtime friends, even though it may only be a short few years we've known each other. It feels like longer because of that friendly connection we immediately established. Is that what you meant? I feel like the first time you and I hung out. For a while, it was it was an E3, and you were clearly looking to get drunk with somebody. <laughs> that and doesn't sound right, Jeff. And you said to me, I forget what it was, you weren't even in New York yet. You weren't even in New York yet. And you were like, oh, yeah, you seem like a fun guy, uh, why don't we go drink together? Is it is yeah. like I don't I don't agree with these impressions of me. Maybe the the, the what I'm saying, yes, but uh, I, I think voice wise, I think I've got uh, a richer is baritone the word for it? A tenor? Are those <laughs> Well look okay. this is exactly my point, and this is why we're doing this show. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, the many years that we did the Beast Cast together, uh, I was endlessly amazed at some of the questions you would ask. And it seemed like I had put myself in a situation, maybe the, some of the other hosts of that podcast put themselves in a situation where we felt like we were sort of tutoring you. Yes. Not, not teaching you because no one is a qualified sort of professor or any kind of, you know, occupation like that. But maybe in a situation where we could help you better understand a thing that maybe a lot of adults already understand. Well, I know that that's not a new phenomenon, even, you know, from before I was on podcasts and all that stuff and, and streams, uh, certain things I've learned slower than others. Uh, I think not because I am stupid in some ways. I understand that. But no, like, don't say I, that. you're not stupid. You're not okay, stupid. Well, I, I had a much different experience growing up than most people. So even in like college and stuff, when I didn't have like, you know, Internet platforms and stuff, I, there were people always just being like, wait, what? You've never done X or you don't know this. So like this has been an ongoing thing throughout my life. And and I got to say, it, it's always been uh, beneficial. It's always been rewarding. It's been it's been a good thing whenever I've learned uh, new things. So I, I do take that all in very earnestly and appreciate whenever people take the time to, uh, you know, explain something to me. Well, Dan, I'm going to take some time with you. And uh, over the course of uh, 11 episodes, you and I will go through what feels like maybe a sort of Billy Madison bit and go through various subjects of life that I feel like I just want to know what you know about certain things. Sure. Um, we should tell our audience that you don't know what topic is, uh, oh, you know the topic, but you don't know the specifics of the topic. Right. I specifically know. requested that, like, I don't want to know ahead of time whatever your like little subcategory and everything. Like, I know if this week's topic is blank, I know that. But I, I in order to preserve just the genuine, uh, you know, understanding of it, so I'm not like looking stuff up or, or, or planning bits or anything like that. I just want you to to teach me and, and spring stuff on me, and I will react accordingly. And and honestly, is the thing. I, I you know, I'm not gonna be giving you bits or pretending not to know things. I do understand. Uh, you'll you'll get. The, the real deal here straight shoot straight shoot uh so over the course of 11 episodes we will go through various subject matter and at the end there will be an exam and I... if you pass the exam uh i've agreed through do a documented contract i've agreed to give you back your mcgruber blu-ray now jeff 
Uh, very generous of you. Uh, but would you You're welcome. You're welcome. entertain possibly that this is a roundabout way to uh, just get back my own property that I nicely lent to you as a friend? There will be time for those conversations at some point down the road, three, four, uh, five years from now, when we really sort of unpack what has taken place. But you know what they say, possession is nine-tenths of the law, and lawyers say that, so... It does That's, soften the blow a little bit that I have literally like 20-something other copies of it here, but there's something about is, your first one, the, you know, and I need that the, one. That one belongs the, in a museum. This is the one that got away, okay? Yeah. The Did one you that watch got it away? yet, by the way? Wait, can we amend it? Can we amend it live on the air? We're not live. But uh, can we agree that if I pass the final exam, you have to watch the movie and then send it back to me? I mean, I want, I'm going to watch it anyway. I, look, I it's will not. It's been like two years! It's probably been cl closer to three, but I've de I definitely will watch it. It's, it. You'd be surprised how hard it is to like really have a Blu-ray player. Like, I know, I guess all the consoles are Blu-ray. Anyway, okay. No, 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 we're not getting How into many that. devices this are in your house that can play that Blu-ray right now? How many devices are in your house that would allow you to watch that on a television? Three. Okay. You're fine. Which is, which is more than enough. Yes. Uh, we are calling this adventure into Dan's mind back to school. Like Bacalar. Like Bacalar. Yeah. And you twisted my arm until we agreed to do this and now this is the hellscape that we're currently in um okay the first subject the first episode dan we're gonna we're gonna dive a little bit into something called electricity dan tell me what you tell me well tell me what you <laughs> uh what do you what do you, what do you know about electricity i know that's a very wide sweeping sort of question yeah. but what, when you think of electricity, what do you sort of think of? And, and before you answer that, I just want everyone to know that the way this is going to work is we have three chapters that we're going to sort of explore uh, every episode. Uh, but first, I'd just like to get, Dan, your sort of like gut take on when you think of electricity, what does that mean to you? You're a homeowner now. I'm yeah. sure you've had to deal with that in some capacity. Yes. What do you think about when you think of electricity? Um. I tend to think about something my dad said a few years ago that I think about a lot, which is like, it's beyond me. This is this is his word. It's beyond me how electricity isn't just flying out all over the place and killing everyone all the time. <laughs> and I think okay. that's kind of what I think about is like, look, obviously, 2021, we have the means to uh, control electricity. So it's not just spraying out everywhere. And uh, I've said it before, but I always just picture it being like anytime I'm like cutting a wire or something in the basement, I just picture it's going to be that that skeleton with the like when Blanca electrocutes someone. And so I think my mind goes to danger first is that okay. like, I never know. I know you can die. If you get, if I got struck by lightning, I would probably die. Pro pro but I think so. I mean, again, like people, people survive it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But most likely I would die. Versus I know that my bug zapper, which is right here is Probably it's made out of the same. It's the same electricity. It's basically just lightning and a lantern. And I know that if I were to touch it, it would suck because I've gotten electrified before. I was plugging in a Bunsen burner in like seventh grade once. And I think my my finger was kind of behind the safe thing and it was touching the metal. And I plugged it in and it like it was very, very intense. And it rattled me a little bit, but it didn't obviously it didn't kill me. I didn't lose the use of my arm or anything like that. So I think a lot about like 
how does it kill someone and how um, the measurement of this stuff and the harnessing of it? Yeah. Like, let's say, OK, for example, a, a windmill, a windmill I know can harness electricity or a water wheel. It, it can generate just, it, but OK, well, yeah. it, it, it captures it and it makes it. But OK, yeah. OK, so it makes it. So here's the thing. Here's the thing that I really don't understand about it. And there's okay. a lot. Trust and, me. The, and just to be clear, there's a lot I don't understand about electricity, too. But but, you we're know, learning. Learning. we're learning. We're learning. We're, 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 we're in this together. Yeah, I, I have here. a lot of questions. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't even know which way to go with this because there's a lot of things I don't understand. Well, we okay, have let's go to the windmill thing. I'll help you. I'll help you navigate it. But sure, okay. talk about the windmill. Yeah. So the windmill thing is like okay, it's I realize that by air going through this big like vroom, vroom, it all that kinetic energy I believe uh, is like kind of built up and it's creating energy. But then it's like a I don't know how you store it because it's not mm. like in a you don't shove a bunch of electricity into a silo. So I don't really know know where it is when it's not going through the pipes and i also don't know how you like turn the like for example water i have a house now so i'm i now i've learned in the last couple months yeah the you know how you see the the handles like like the ones that are just like if it's parallel it that means it goes through and if, you, if it's oh, like, you're talking if, about like if a it's, valve a valve yeah if it's like a t it's cutting it off like that's gotcha. something i never understood i never knew sure. what those valves were sure but, uh, so i get that in terms of water because there's a physical thing going through pipes and moving from point a to right point B. and this just blocks it right okay yeah which electricity is so much more nebulous to me it just yeah. feels like lightning like energy it and so it's not like yeah. so yeah you don't turn a thing and that lets all the lightning through so i think like, what you're describing is like the opening and closing of circuits like that yeah, and also you, determining how much goes to what like how do like how do they make it go from the power lines on the street to my house and it's just like yeah. oh we're gonna give you this much or how do they measure it because it's not like an oil tank where you can stick a little rod in there and sure. it tells you oh you got you're almost low on electricity like i don't understand how it's measured how it's regulated how it's harnessed how it's stored anything like that so so the short answer to, to my question earlier of Dan, what do you know? What do you think about when I say uh, it's it's a whole it's a whole lot of nothing is is basically what you're telling me. So I so I guess we we started I'll, off with a I'll really tell you what I do understand. If you, oh, well, I guess that was the yeah. whole question. Sure. Sure. sure, sure. Give me a bunch of questions about things I don't understand. No, so <laughs> that's not what the show is. I just need you to know the show is not you just raising your hand and being like, how does a plug work? Like, we're not just doing that. Okay. okay that was called the giant beast cast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I do understand. Okay. It's measured in volts and wattage. Um, I have a circuit breaker in my house that yeah. basically that thing's job is if too many things are like there are different circuits. So like this room I'm in, the studio is all on one circuit. I requested that because I knew I was going to have a bunch of stuff going on. You requested that? I did. I had my contractor put all the circuits on, on just the very studio. Very fancy. Very So fancy. we don't turn on the AC in the living room and it shuts down my right. stream that or something. Smart. You know? That was smart. That was smart. Yeah, so that happens. And so what a circuit breaker does is if, let's say, there are certain things that uh, use a lot of electricity, like the AC or the microwave. And let's say that's why if they're both on the same circuit and you turn them on at the same time, like our old apartment in New York, you couldn't do the AC and the microwave at the same time because the circuit breaker would detect there was too much going in, too many volts flying through the tubes, that it was a hazard uh, and could possibly start a fire. And so the circuit breaker's job is to say, like, whoa, 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 cut it off. It's just break the circuit, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I know that. I understand that. Okay. And then, you did um, good. Okay. And Ben Franklin 
I, it's ridiculous to say that Ben Franklin didn't invent electricity. No, he did not. I don't think electricity was a thing before Ben Franklin. I think he watched some lightning and he got an inkling of like, that looks like that could do some shit. And then he was trying to think of how to get it harnessed before windmills and stuff were thought of. And I think he did the key thing. I don't know how he realized that metal was probably a thing. That's another thing I know. Conducive to electricity is metal uh, and skin. Electricity can flow through all that. That's why you don't put a fork in a light socket. But um, I think other things aren't, which is why. So I've got some dawn to dusk bug zappers outside now trying to mitigate this bug issue here. Yeah. And so what it does is it stores a lot of solar electricity, which that's a whole other thing. But you know, bug zappers, you touch it and it zaps you. Yeah. So for some fucking reason, the on off switch or the one that changes it from a normal light to a bug zappy light yeah. is on the inside of the grates. No. So like, yeah. So that's bad. cheap ones I found on Amazon. Sure. And so I had literally like three or four days ago, I had to think like, okay, I need to turn this on to bug zappy mode and I need to, I don't want to put my finger in there into the little holes. So and so I thought assembled backwards. Well, I knew I wasn't going to take like a butter knife or anything because I knew I had heard like it's don't put forks in the You'd thing. That, don't put yeah. metal in a toaster. You I, hear I'm, about that stuff. Don't whiz on the electric fence. There's sure. certain things that, you know, can, can conduce this. Uh, and so I grabbed a uh, plastic knife because <laughs> to my knowledge, I don't think and correct me if I'm wrong. No, my well, assumption was that even if the plastic part touched the zappy part it wouldn't conduce the lightning from the zapper to my organs i, I think you're looking for the word conduct but yes well, conducive yeah conduct conducive. i yeah, think yeah, yeah. again I, uh, just to just to reiterate i am no i am not an electrician i've been accused of being one but i'm not <laughs> an electrician i'm not an expert i've just done a decent amount of, of research over the years and i come to you bearing a lesson plan, if you will. And, and I am eager to learn. All right. So the first thing we're going to we're going to watch, uh, if you could open up your um, <laughs> electricity book. Yep. Let me just <laughs> open up my book here. Do you have your electricity book in front of you? <laughs> yes. And, I got the book cover and everything. And if you could be so kind as to open up to the just what the hell was Ben Franklin doing chapter. Ah, yes. That is, yes. That we is where it. we're going to start uh, our episode of back to school by watching the shocking truth about Ben Franklin and the kite. Okay. I'm excited. All right. Uh, the first video we're going to watch, uh, as part of the lesson plan today is the shocking truth about Ben Franklin and the kite. Okay. It was back in the olden days when hundred this is late 1700s. Uh, I think Franklin was around like at the beginning, right? The beginning of what? The country. He was oh, one of the okay. founding fathers. Well, when you say beginning, it's so dubious. <laughs> so well, not like the primordial soup. Like. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, he. This is. I imagine this is taking place in like the mid 1700s. Okay, that checks out. Yeah. yeah. Franklin flew his kite and key into a storm. Lightning. Did Seems like a bad idea. Old Ben discovered electricity. But wait. Nearly every school child in America has heard this tale thanks to cartoons, storybooks, art, etc. What the fuck? Well, by the way, this is some fan fiction ass bullshit wow. where Ben Franklin somehow has Wolverine claws. Which Assassin's Creed was this? 
<laughs> but like, look what's happening. And his kite is like an old American flag. We got money flying through the air. Yeah, this is all right. That's actually this is on PBS. Yeah, PBS used some real questionable <laughs> B-roll here, and it's someone, someone got got. <laughs> his backdrop looks like Bionic Commando. That's what he's going for. He didn't look like that when he was a kid. Hey, so is this around the same time? The Enlightenment is that like the American version of the Renaissance? Were these happening at the same time? I think, when was the Renaissance? Uh, it's it, you're think I think you're thinking about a different time. I don't when know. When was the Renaissance? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, maybe Who needs to go back to school now. Uh, the Renaissance approximately started in the 1300s. Yeah. Okay. Now, Jan, did you know that or did you look that up? I, I knew that, but then I uh, clarified with the internet. Okay. Because I feel like in the past on Giant Bomb stuff, I've expressed confusion over when the Renaissance was and everybody was like, oh, Dan didn't know when the Renaissance is. But for the record, Jan, keep in the part where Jeff didn't know when the Renaissance was. Why is it always Amber? What's that? Why is it always Amber? Like in Jurassic Park, like what is it about Amber that's so... That has nothing to do with this. What do you well, mean? I mean, like, look, I understand Jurassic Park's fiction, but like, <laughs> is there like special properties to Amber? No, I guess like, uh, the, well, the, you know, the narrator just said it, for centuries, people, you know, knew that Amber had uh, uh, conductive properties. Isn't so, Amber just sap? I, yeah, I guess it's just like hardened tree sap, but like... Yeah, I don't know why amber is the de facto thing. Yeah. It's it, it, they they yeah they act like oh everyone had a an amber sack or something. Yeah, I, like I, I wonder if like if I looked at the ingredients of my Duracells if it would say amber. Probably no, it definitely would not have amber in there. Okay. People began to notice these sparks behave suspiciously like that stuff from the sky. But every time lightning killed a cow, fricasseed a farmer, or torched a town, the explanation offered was supernatural, not scientific. What? I mean, lightning did seem to strike church. Yeah, dude, like, if, if you're walking around in 1710, you're just like, oh, man, that, that bolt out of the sky again. I don't have an explanation for it. It's gotta be ghosts. So anytime something uh, couldn't be explained, they just went right to, like, supernatural? Oh, dude, what, of course, before, like, modern, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, education and, and, and science. I guess that would just be the, when you don't know. Like, what do they say about, like, uh, oh, God, uh, something being uh, poorly disguised magic or the difference between science and magic is. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's a no. phrase about that. I know uh, what the difference between science and magic is, though. <laughs> No, there's a famous phrase that I'm blanking on here. Uh, oh, God. I'm, I'm completely blanked on it. Question, though, about that king lining up a bunch of dudes to shock them all at once. Yeah. I assume, like, I know if people are touching each other, since, like, skin and organs can do, conduct electricity, yes. that, like, it can pass through. Yes. But, like, if I, if I had a million dudes lined up there and I static shocked one of them, it wouldn't have that same power throughout, right? Wouldn't it uh, dissipate? I, that's a good question. You would think some of it would get discharged along the way. Yeah. Maybe because they were all like, <laughs> maybe because they all had like swords and shit where like they were wearing metal oh. stuff that it conducted better. Wouldn't it be cool if you did that and they learned that it actually made all their swords electric. So basically gave them like an elemental attack in war. And they Fun suddenly all the had video. electric swords. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Building. 
To pious Puritans and humble Quakers, this was obviously a sign from heaven or hell, but Ben had a more lofty explanation. Uh, tallest point in town, anybody? Pointy metal thing on top? See, in a lot of ways, it seems like Ben Franklin was just sort of like, um, like ahead of his time in, in a lot of, like he seemed to possess common sense in, in areas where other people did not. Like, but I how feel would like this they is, know that back then? Uh, well, I mean, correct. Without the context of like understanding why lightning comes out of the sky and is drawn to metal things. Yeah. Like, why would you make that assumption? But I would also feel like what he is saying here is like, yo, the tallest thing, the thing closest to the sky is the thing that's getting shot. Right, right. It seemed like he had maybe, you know, you know, this is why I guess we talk about him still because he had a little bit of common sense. But the thing is, this is way before the internet and even like phones and stuff. So like uh, there could have been a thousand people that recognize this. But when you're just like in a village with like eight people and some goats, I mean, if like, oh, old Carl in the village, you know, realized this, like, all right, Carl, shut up. Like it wouldn't go beyond that little village. So like there's no no way to know that Franklin was the first one. He probably just had the platform. It's like it's like he was like a a big Twitter user and he's taking credit. He's like one of those Instagram accounts that steals jokes, basically. well, I don't know about stealing jokes, but he definitely had the biggest platform. In the beginning, they talked about how he was basically like, you know, a publisher, right? And he would write a lot of stuff. Sure. And he yeah. had the platform. He had the most followers in Philadelphia. He had a blue check mark in, in the 1700s. Exactly. Okay. Anyone? His revolutionary idea was lightning is electricity. Well, no shit. <laughs> no. And even controlled. And it was time to prove it. Okay, there you go. That wasn't that long ago. When I see stuff like this, I have to wonder if, like, if Ben Franklin hadn't pointed out a thing and said, like, oh, check it out. Like, would we still be trying to figure that out? Or would somebody... That's a good question. I think presumably... Because, look, he was not the only dude. There were other people messing around with electricity. Yeah. When was uh, Tesla? When was Tesla doing his thing? Uh, that was like the Tesla Edison stuff. I don't know when that is, but it had, to be late. it had to be later for sure. Yeah, definitely. Like probably 18, late, mid, mid 18s, maybe. It's whenever the um, prestige was set. From the kite to a metal key and from the key to Ben's hand, a silk ribbon, which he holds from under a doorway. These are crucial. This is ballsy. Conductor and Ben needed it and himself to stay dry. Now as rain soaked the kite and lined strands of. Oh. Pause, 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 pause. I did not realize that being wet was a conductor of electricity. Is that, did you know that? That water conducts electricity? Yes. Yeah, dude. I just always assumed to like, don't stand under a tree in the rain was just the tree element because I assumed the rain was because like, that's when lightning happens is when it's raining. Yes. I had never put together the water. I did not know that water conducted electricity i knew about metal yes you did and i knew about skin i don't you think i that. did you knew that you that's the the toaster in the bathtub oh see i know that i know that but i had never put together the water part of that like it wasn't like right now when they said like oh he needed to say dry that was the first time i'd realized like oh shit does being wet make you more electrocutable that's why you get out of a pool when it's lightning i don't think i ever thought of that i just knew it was something you did the thing under the tree is not just it is it is the lightning, but it's also like, hey, 
with rain comes high wind. You don't want a tree to fall. Like there's a lot. Like there's that. many reasons to not stay under uh, a tree during a lightning storm. There I just are, did not realize that being wet increased your odds of getting electrocuted. I mean, you saw the dude. How oh, dare you? Know you? What? Actually, no, 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 no. Now no. that I think about it, no, no. You're, I know the ahead. example. <laughs> What example are you going to use? I know the example. That I just realized that like it's not good if like uh, you've got a, a, an outlet near a sink or something. And you want to make sure that like all these things I knew about the toaster. Don't drop a toaster in the bathtub while you're in it. Don't get water in the thing. But I never kind of put it together. I just accepted it as like, oh, that's just something you don't do. I never thought about the the common thread of water being bad for electricity. Okay. I knew it could break electricity. I knew that, like, if you dropped, a, if I dropped my PC into a bathtub, it would break that. But I never put all this together into like water conducts electricity. I did not know that until now. All right. Hey, if that's what you get out of this first episode, I, I feel like we've something. accomplished something. Yeah, that seems like a good thing to learn, dude. The scene in Last Action Hero where he breaks the the on the rooftop where the butcher. Uh, you know, he's like, yeah, he's all wet. And Arnold takes the, the conductor, that that metal, that electronic, whatever the hell thing, and like puts it on the the floor, the soaking wet floor. Oh, and Bioshock, you do that. That's yes. the thing. I'd seen this stuff happen a million times. Again, I just think that some part of my brain didn't connect all of it. Like, again, I've seen you shoot lightning into the puddle in Bioshock, but like in my head, that's just its own thing where it's like, oh, yeah, that's the thing you can do in Bioshock is you can electrocute pools oh, of water. Oh, it's like special or, electric juice on the ground. No, I just think I didn't think about it beyond the fact that like that's how that works in this game. Or, or I didn't think about the toaster and the bathtub thing beyond like don't do that because that's dangerous. I didn't think about why or the fact that water and electricity and so many different things I've seen don't play nice together. I was like, okay. now I, you're explaining it. Like I understand now I can now suddenly think of a million different like pieces of media and, and uh, advice yeah. and things like that. And it's like, Oh, okay. There is that common thing of water and electricity, but yeah, it's just, I had not put that all together until now. It's great. It's a cl classic trope, the classic trope of water gonna like electrocute. you. Yeah. 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 All right, let's see what cool. Ben does with this dumbass kite. Drew his hand toward the key. It drew sparks of electric fire very copiously. Right? So he, it's not that the lightning struck the kite because that probably would have killed him. Wait, so if lightning didn't strike the kite, it just passed over the, the it was just a very charged, like, you know, atmosphere. And okay, that I don't understand at all. So he, lightning did not strike him. Like lightning I always understood, lightning struck the kite. Nope. It traveled down. Nope, didn't happen. So it was where just, is it was just charged in a way that he was able to get some sparks off that key? They explain what? it. Check it out. Today we understand that inside storm clouds, as ice crystals are blown upwards, they bump into tiny falling droplets, which steal their electrons. A positive charge builds up in the top of the cloud. How do we know that? The cloud becomes more negative, making the ground beneath the cloud more positive. If this difference pause, 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 pause. For the record, I yeah. understand that what they're saying here is true, and I trust scientists completely. Yeah. Um, my question: How the fuck do we know that? How do we? We're not going up there with microscopes and looking at electrons. Like, how the fuck do we know that? How did? Uh, how did we, scientists figure that out? I, I know that they did, but like. Yeah. Through experimentation, How? I'm sure through experimentation and like uh, things that are uh, scientifically absolute, right? Sure. Which again, science is flexible, right? Like it, it evolves because information evolves. Sure. 
Yeah. But stuff like this, you can't, no one like can go up to a cloud and put a stethoscope to it and just be like, oh, you know, take its temperature or something like that. It is, it is controlled laboratory uh, uh, environments, right? Where right. they like recreate these scenarios. But they, I mean, they so do... can that happen? Like, I know you can like make a tornado in a tube for a science exhibit yeah. or something, but like, can you make a cloud and all the exact yes. same things and then Absolutely. look at it and be like, oh, they're stealing the electrons. Like and, they, that's, well, you and can do again, that? the, when I talked about the constant, right? Like uh, nature loves to be in equilibrium. So like, lightning from what i understand it is just the 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 necessary release for equilibrium in terms of like what is positively and negatively charged which i do believe they go into here a little bit but that is that i I don't know how they discovered like that's what it has to do but that is what's happening okay um I, I guess, I, you well, know, even just like, cool. <laughs> I know this is a whole different, oh, it's very cool. Uh, I know it's a totally different can of worms, but like electrons and neutrons and all that stuff. Like, are these visible, tangible things or are these at concepts? an atomic level at a subatomic right. level in a, in a microscope? Like, could you see, are there pictures on, let me Google image search and see if I can find a picture, not a drawing of an electron. I'm sure there's subatomic microscopes or like we can do that. See, here's the thing. I search for electron and all I see is just a bunch of like diagrams. targets, right? Yeah. Or like a, it's like a earthworm gym thing. Yeah. Well, I think we learn about atoms a little more and like protons and neutrons and electrons and all that good stuff about what decides what is positively and negatively charged. But stick with this because this will explain at the very least the lightning and the key situation. Okay. Cloud and ground to be perfectly balanced as all things should be, evens out the charge through a column of superheated ionized gas that we call lightning. Now Franklin's kite and metal rod wet from the rain became a shortcut, so this unbalanced charge could jump between cloud and earth without lightning. Franklin himself, insulated by the silk string, became the ground wire of a giant atmospheric circuit, and the sparks he witnessed proved once and for all that thunderclouds are electrified. To be clear, Franklin's kite was not struck by lightning because that obviously would have killed. <laughs> I love that. Like every kid goes to school assuming this is what happened, and then like <laughs> doesn't realize that like no dumbass, he would have died. Well, if you would have asked me before this video, I would have said like, "Oh, the point of the key was to prove that you can like capture." electricity and you can harness it and that like oh even though lightning struck the kite it was all contained in the key and like i thought the point of the demonstration was like see it didn't get to me because we put it all in the key and now we can put the key inside a game gear and it'll work you know well that's okay that's one way to ingest that information but the way that i sort of just wrote it off i recall was like oh maybe he wasn't actually flying it maybe he just had it like tied down to something and just watched it Sure, but I thought the whole point was to show that you could harness it. So he's like, you know, he can ring the key into a bucket and it's like, oh, look at all this electricity I can bring to the village. That is so stupid. No, (laughs) that is just the record, I don't actually think that, but the concept of harnessing it and the experiment being to show that, look, we got some, we got some electricity. This, this experiment was for the sole purpose of proving that lightning was electricity and that basically like, you know, he... You know, his experiment basically led to like a like a lightning rod, right? Where it's like, oh, 
you can attract that to keep it away from other things that you don't want struck by lightning. That makes sense. Like, oh, it's going to be attracted to this thing. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, you ever play golf? No, nah, really. not really. So when you're on a golf course, you learn very early on that, like, if a, th- if a lightning storm comes, get away from your clubs because your clubs are metal and they're conductive right. and it's like you're in an open field and if there's lightning you don't want to be that near I, the metal that thing. i understand that's like yeah. i i get that and i think i'd heard that before even though i hadn't golfed is there any truth to the thing about how you can't get struck by lightning if you're in a car because of the rubber your car is I, this, is, this is true oh, well, hang on tell me real quick is this a thing that you've heard of or is this just something my dumb ass concocted okay because i again i could be wrong but go ahead Okay, I just didn't know if I came up with this or if I heard this somewhere as a kid. But I definitely heard as a kid that if you were in a car, you couldn't get struck by lightning because of the tires being rubber. And so I distinctly remember as a kid, I loved the rain and I loved thunderstorms. And so I would go out and play in thunderstorms. But before I did, I would put rubber bands on my wrists. And I can't remember if that was something people had told me or if I in my own head thought like, oh, well, if tires protect you because of rubber, I'll protect myself with rubber bands. Did I come up with that or is that a thing? Is that like a childhood thing that people have? Yeah, I don't know, dude, but that is just. Oh, that's, I really did that every time I went to play in a thunderstorm. <laughs> I just wrapped up in rubber bands and ran around willy nilly. And hey, guess who never got struck by lightning? Who's yes, the dumbass the now? The majority of people who. <laughs> have lived and are currently alive so look well, right but they weren't all playing in thunderstorms all the time as a kid i was wait, and i never got straight wait, wait. explain that again you would actively be like oh i'm protected because yes. i'm wearing rubber bands i'm yes. gonna climb a tree during this hurricane i never climbed a tree i do remember my grandma yelling at me when i would do this because i would like run around in the backyard like ah it's thunderstorming and i would just grab a bite. i would go to the the junk drawer or whatever grab some rubber bands put them on both wrists and then just run out there and just run around in the storm because i thought it was cool not not I was being cool. I thought that thunder and lightning and rain was cool. And so I like just being around it and uh, surrounded I, by it. I'm going to go ahead and say that did nothing. Uh, right, But uh, my question is, if anyone else did that or if I came up with that myself and no one else has done I mean, that. well, here's the thing, right? Cars, even though I've he- I have heard that where it's like, right, the, the tires are rubber. But a car can absolutely get struck by lightning. Like, but I, you'd be fine in it, right? I don't know. I th- I think being in a car is good during lightning just because it's so low to the ground. Not if you're driving on a hill. Sure, uh, <laughs> but it can definitely get struck by lightning. I, maybe it. Maybe the the rubber gives you a better shot of discharging. Or like or like grounding the car. Or maybe. Now, do maybe you that- know cars can get struck by lightning? How I think anything can get struck by lightning. Well, you're saying it with a lot of confidence. Have you seen it happen? I've not seen it happen. Have you heard of it happening? Specific instances of this happening. I've not heard a specific incident of it happening, but I refuse to believe that a car is somehow unable to be electrocuted. You said it with a lot of confidence, despite knowing no examples of what you're saying. Because anything that exists and that is not buried deep, deep underground, presumably Ken is vulnerable to lightning. I'm good. Look, I believe in evidence. <laughs> don't make me sound like I'm some sort of car electrocution. Look, I don't know what you read on Facebook, Jeff, but look, I need <laughs> Just to see scientific I evidence. Instagram ads about how <laughs> cars get electrocuted. No, I don't know. I don't know. 
we will make a note of this. There is more evidence right now. There's more evidence in my rubber bands keeping me from getting struck by lightning than you knowing that cars can't can get struck by lightning. Look, I you've now had me. (laughs) Wait a second. Oh, what's that, professor? Oh, okay. Here. Here you go, professor. You seeing that? Lightning and cars. Do the rubber do the rubber tires on your car protect you? No. Like trees, houses, and people, anything outside. Okay, well, there, there you go. The National Weather Service says it. I was wrong. There you go. So wait, but as you can see from this this clear true-to-life animation. <laughs> the South Park animation, <laughs> season one. <laughs> yeah. So again. Was, although lightning is different, damage to the antenna, electrical system, rear windshield, and tires is common. The heat from a lightning strike is sufficient to partially melt the antenna of a vehicle. It can cause what seems like a small explosion of sparks as tiny fragments of metal melt and burn. Jesus, they're getting graphic with this. A portion of the discharge may find its way into the vehicle's electrical system and can damage and destroy electric components, potentially leaving the car inoperable. The lightning may also find its way into the small defrosting wires that are embedded in rear windows. That's right. Oh. You, you, you know what those are, right? Probably the stuff that when you turn on the defroster on the rear window. Right, right? those little lines that run through the actual glass. Oh, okay. That's how it def- defrogs and, and, and does that sort of stuff. Huh. Defogs, rather. I, call, I used to, I call it a defrogger as a joke, but yes, That's it's fun. defogs. Do you could like that? defrost. Anyway, there you have it. Cars can get electrocuted by lightning. But you might be safe, which means that my rubber band thing wasn't dumb. I think it was a very, it was a very good try as a kid, I think. That said, I do, I have a weird foggy memory as a teenager of walking out to get the mail during a thunderstorm. And I remember, I feel like I would remember this, it it would be weirder. I think this really happened because I have this memory and I don't think it was a dream that I felt my hair start to stand on end, like on my forearms. And I remember looking down and seeing that. And then there was like something super duper loud. And then I thought I was like on the ground for a second. And then I I remember thinking for a second, like, what the fuck just happened? Did I get struck by lightning? But I clearly didn't get struck by lightning. I I wasn't hurt or anything. But I remember thinking the things or seeing my hairs and then all of a sudden getting off the ground after something really loud happened. So, like, I don't think I was ever struck by lightning, but something weird happened. (laughs) (laughs) I do think something weird happened or I was close to getting struck. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe you were just around something charged in a way. But you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna err on the side of you were not struck by lightning. And for the record, I don't think I was. I just have that weird memory of just like what the fuck happened there. So here's the deal: it's widely believed the rubber tires of a car will protect you from a lightning strike. That's a myth. Again, we're getting this from like some local <laughs> uh, news organization. But sure, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, it is the metal roof. And the shell of the vehicle that protects you, not the tires, the National oh. Weather Service says. Okay, so me- you are it protected conducts in a car. it away from you, presumably. So you are, you're protected in a car, but it's you're, not the tires, so maybe my rubber bands weren't doing anything. Your rubber bands were doing nothing. Okay, well, hey, I, I made it this far, so. But you survived, so now it's all, you know, now you can tell uh, 
all the young people in your life. And now uh, I know the metal frame is what protected me in a car. So I just need to wear a suit of armor out whenever it's thunderstorming and I'll be fine. That's nothing but metal. I don't know if that's what we learned, but let's finish up this Ben Franklin video. <laughs> okay. But what he did do was show the world that yet another force of nature could be understood thanks to science. And that is a spark that changed the world. Stay curious. So that's the thing. He made electricity cool and he made people give more of a shit about it. It was a widespread, uh, he, he caused a more widespread interest in the principles of electricity. Correct. Okay. That is what we learned. So I'm glad we could conclude that chapter together. I feel good about what we learned there, right? Yeah. I, I mean, legit. I mean, what I said about the key and the kite, like that was, if you would have asked me 20 minutes ago, that would have been my answer is that he was trying to harness it. Um, I think I learned several things throughout that video. The next chapter that you and I are going to dive a little deeper into is something we're calling, why are batteries? Mm. Yes. All right, so we're going to watch a video about uh, the way batteries work. And, and I, this was a thing that I will admit, I did not know how a battery worked either. I, just, I know almost nothing about batteries, lithium-ion, AA, anything. Yeah, we're not even going to get into the weeds on the specificity of the kind of batteries, a little bit on like recharging batteries and what it is. But the amazing thing about a battery that I never considered is the fact that like, there's there's a sending and receiving that's going on in a battery through right, oxidation. Positive and minus, right? Right. And, you know, it all it, it goes back to what we learned from the kite uh, exper uh, experiment that Ben Franklin did. But now are, are batteries powered by battery acid or is battery acid a like runoff of battery acid seems process. like an unintended byproduct of batteries because what happens is there's there's chemical paste inside of a battery okay um this is why if you eat a battery it's real bad you don't want to eat batteries if if there's one lesson we take away from episode yeah. one of back to school it is that no in fact you should not ingest batteries under any circumstance and i knew that before this episode so that's why that's, look that's why you're still here so yes uh here we go. Here's how batteries work. It's a TED. It's a TED Ed, which Ted is Ed? exciting. It's, it's like a TED Ed. Yeah. You probably know the feeling. Your phone utters its final plaintive bleep and cuts out in the middle of your call. In that moment, you may feel more like. By the way, I've never had a call no. where my phone has just died. No, I was just trying to think of that, and it's like, no, it's always at least charged enough. Uh, just carry on chargers. Not that so hard. First, yeah. So at the beginning, we're already saying, uh, Ted Ed, the example you used, not great. That said, I would like that poster of just a piece of pizza. Just straight up pizza. Yeah. Pause. Do Ooh. you think hot in the Not, hot in, the not in our there. lifetimes. Yeah. Not in our lifetimes. But let's say yeah. the next 500 years. <laughs> okay, will okay, that, okay. science figure out a way to make an infinite battery? Infinite? Yeah, you never have to charge it, never have to plug it in. It's just Again, like, this is just, this is, doesn't this have to be a battery specifically. It's just like, oh, well, now phones and the, the Switch 12 or whatever just never needs to be plugged in, never needs to be recharged, never needs anything. Uh, no, but it would, it would if so? there, well, if there is something that does that, it is not a battery. Well, right. Well, let's say I, I'm just saying, like, will we be able to harness that? Not necessarily a battery, but like some new technology makes it so nothing ever has to be charged. Uh, sure. I mean, there's, there's, yeah. I mean, presumably, okay. look, I think, I think battery technology is, is very, uh, 
in the grand scheme of things, kind of nascent. Um, and it certainly seems like it has a, a long way to go, yeah. even though in the last 20 years it had, they've made tremendous strides. Uh, I do remember during my time at CNET talking to like those people, those engineers in that space being like, we're right on the, on the edge of a new, uh, generation, a new sort of chapter in that. But, yeah. I mean, batteries are pretty good. Right, but I think at some point it's going to be a thing where it's like, hey, if you asked a guy 500 years ago if we'd uh, have airplanes, he'd be like, no, that's ridiculous. And <laughs> 500 so now, years ago, no one was even like on that page. They were like, oh, you that's what I'm saying. Say, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that like, oh, is, do you think we're going to be able to make a metal tube that people can fly in? They'd be like, no, that's dumb. Well, so that, like, that's why I think. The, but a person 500 years ago never would have even considered like there's not even that idea the only uh uh okay what if you call it a boat a boat in the sky right but the only thing that they would be able to like uh liken that to is a bird because they exactly. see birds so flying. they would say no that's not possible the same way that maybe some people today would say no you can't make an infinite battery or sure, you know? sure i get i get the point you're trying to make but like it's all it's all about what you know contextually like if like someone from 1200 who has no understanding of anything is different than someone a hundred years ago who's like, oh, you know what? We're probably going to get to the point like you and I like if like like me telling you, hey, we're going to live on Mars one day. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. It makes yes. more sense than than flying to someone from 1200. Well, but I mean, the concept isn't crazy. Just be like, it's all relative. It's all relative to like where you are in, 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 in like the, the technological evolution. Right. Yeah. And I'm just saying things that seemed impossible before. Right. Uh, sure. That everybody would have said, no, you dummy, that's not possible. became possible. So that's why I think, uh, you know, what may seem far-fetched today, like an infinite battery or something. Yeah. I don't think an infinite, an infinite kind of thing does seem far-fetched. Okay. I don't think that. Yeah. Cool. We're optimists. Great. We are. Maybe we shouldn't be, but we are. <laughs> Which is just such a dope That's, phrase. Sounds very dumb. <laughs> Animal. A Pokemon type. ...was stored in the very stuff of life. But Volta disagreed, arguing that it was the metal itself that made the leg twitch. Huh. Bait was eventually settled with Volta's groundbreaking experiment. He tested his idea with a stack of alternating layers of zinc and copper separated by paper or cloth soaked in a saltwater solution. What happened in Volta's cell is something chemists now call oxidation and reduction. The zinc oxidizes, which means it loses electrons, which are in turn gained by the ions in the water. How do we know that? We know that now because we, you know, we that we can you know, ex presumably uh, uh, experiment on and document results. How would you think to do that? Where it's like, oh, I want to prove this thing. Oh, I give agree. me that zinc. Give me that copper. Like, okay, let me make them oxidize. Like, why would you get to that? I agree. It is fascinating that people this long ago yeah. were like, yo, let's try this out. Agreed. Fascinating. Yeah. Hydrogen gas. Volta would have been shocked to learn that last bit. He thought the reaction was happening in the copper rather than. The what a dumbass. What yeah, a dumbass. He's a straight up dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> Nonetheless, we honor Volta's discovery today by naming our standard unit of electric. Volt. Volt. They've replaced the chemical solution with dry cells 
filled with chemical paste. But the principle is the same. A metal oxidizes, sending electrons to do some work before they are regained by a substance being reduced. But any battery has a finite supply of metal, and once most of it has oxidized, the battery dies. So rechargeable batteries give us a temporary ah. by making the oxidation reduction process reversible. Do you get it? Do you see what, what they're talking? Do you, do you understand what they're saying? Not, I, no, because the actual like method of this happening, like I can look at a diagram and see like, oh, when these dots go across the light bulb, it makes the light bulb turn on. But like the idea of like, I don't know what oxidize means. So I oxidizing for, for lack of like breaking that down, it's just getting, uh, it's forcing the electrons to go through the circuit. Uh, you know, uh, I guess, and, and when they go through the circuit, because of the paste in there, when they're forced to do that, right? When you, when you're connecting the whole thing, cause like, you know, when you put a battery in something the the, the tips touch something. So you're closing the circuit, you're closing the loop. I mean, honestly, like the circuit thing the is loop, a concept that I yeah. never even, the loop, the circuit, that was a concept that I first kind of heard of when I moved into this house a few months ago. Like, yeah. I never understood what... I, I'd heard the phrases circuit and circuit breaker and stuff like that, but I had no idea what the fuck it meant. Um, so this whole idea of it, like, going around or they're breaking a thing, like, I just... I feel like I know absolutely nothing about this. Well, all the negative... Uh, the, all the negatively charged, uh, you know... I, you know, properties go around through the loop and back into the positive How end do of the they battery. do... Like, how do they know to go there? How does that happen? The, uh, what is that? They kind of describe it. Let's see if we can get some more clarity here. Well, this is how the rechargeable uh, batteries work. By introducing uh, outside electricity, like the plug in your, in your wall, right? By the outlet, you can then force all of these properties to go in reverse, which essentially charges the battery back up again. I just don't get... Okay, so this oxidation thing, is it only happening, like, if I put AA batteries into a Game Boy, is it only mm. oxidizing when the Game Boy's on? Uh, How does probably, it turn on and off? It's probably always doing it really uh, slowly, but when it's on, it's asking for more and increasing the rate of oxidation is what I But imagine. is it opening a valve on the battery and, like, the, the no, oxidized... It's just, I believe, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I don't, I just know don't understand what gets them out of the battery and moving through the circuit. Like what tells them all is like, well, time to go, you know? I, so that has to probably do with like amps and wattage and like the, like, you know, all those, all those metrics decide the force at which elect electricity needs to flow, how much, all that stuff, which believe me, I watched the videos on and declared them insufficient okay. educational materials right. for the purposes of our show okay direction with the application of electricity plugging in a charger draws the electricity from a wall outlet that drives the reaction to regenerate the metal making more electrons available for oxidation the next time you need them. so it is slowly oxidizing the metal inside the battery right and the recharging forces everything to go in reverse so that the metal is uh, so the, the electric the electricity properties so still the battery back up 
So it's fucking like rebuilding metal like a T-1000? I don't think it's like I just don't... No, it's not, it's not a Terminator thing. It is just <laughs> rebuilding the electric properties of the metal within the battery. Because don't forget, like rechargeable sci-fi. batteries are made of different th- things in like, you know, a Duracell, a regular old Duracell. Okay. Rechargeable batteries don't last forever. Over time, the repetition of this process causes imperfections and irregularities in the metal's surface that prevent it from oxidizing properly. The electrons are no longer available to flow through a circuit, and the battery dies. Some everyday rechargeable batteries will die after only hundreds of discharge recharge. Okay. While newer advanced batteries can survive and function for thousands. So the yellow ones, you want to get a yellow one. Yeah, you know how much power is in a yellow. Oh yeah, thousands of power. Oh, but a red. The, the red is just theoretical. It's not yeah. even. Yeah. <laughs> to take advantage of motion to recharge your cell battery, like cars do, or fit solar panels somewhere on your device. Plugging your charger into the wall, rather than expending one battery to charge another, is your best bet to forestall that fatal bleep. Well, there you have it. Batteries are kind of amazing. Yeah, I gotta be honest, pretty, uh, kind of a struggle to understand that. Yeah, not, I mean, not by any fault of the video, just the concept is, uh, crazy to me. Like, I, it's hard if you can't see something and like, even though helpful diagrams and illustrations and all that, like, I don't even know what it's just concepts to me, like oxidation. Like if I can't see yeah. like, like something like kinetic energy, like here, here's a great example, kinetic energy. I remember in fifth grade, they were teaching us the difference between kinetic energy and something else potential. and kinetic injury. What's that? Potential. potential that might be it. Yeah. That's potential is like stasis and breath of the wild, right? Sure. Okay, so kinetic, I remember always being described as like if a ball is rolling down the hill and it hits another ball or like two pool balls, you know, it's like there's just motion and there's a stored up energy and that gets transferred, you know, when it hits another thing like that, I can understand because it's like I can picture this ball rolling down the hill or the pool ball going across the table. This thing of like neutrons and oxidization, it's like it all just seems so I know it's not theoretical. I know it's how this shit works, but it's just like very difficult for me to wrap my head around you know well i think you will do well to learn about static electricity because to me while yes reduction in oxidation for battery uh, understanding how a battery you know discharges is confusing i when i was having serious static electricity issues during the winter in my house and i read up about it and why it happens and i think i have a really good understanding of why that happens now so you know it's it's crazy like so you're talking about like static electricity issues with your house yeah because like when you say static electricity the only things i can possibly think of related to that are like a balloon when like your hand gets the tingly stuff you know sure. or if you're walking around in socks on carpet and you touch something metal and it zaps yes. like i didn't know that issues could arise from static electricity i i kind of assumed static electricity was like a novelty thing where it's just like whoop, static electricity i didn't know it like had other applications you, or what do you when you say novelty what do you mean novelty i didn't think the concept of static electricity existed outside of like balloons and oh i touched a metal thing and i got a little zap i don't <laughs> i literally thought that was like was? the two things i what thought it was just those two things you thought it was just like a trick 
I thought it would. I mean, I knew that there was the science behind it, obviously, yeah. but I didn't know that static electricity played into things other than balloons or touching something. Got you, got you. So, so you thought that's where it uh, began and ended? It yeah, was like it was just, just a phenomenon. It was just yeah. a weird phenomenon that happens with balloons and socks. Like I didn't know that there could be issues in a house with it or that it manifested in any ways outside of those very, Oh, ha ha. How silly little static electricity, you know? Right. You, yeah, you, you just didn't realize it went a lot deeper than just that. No. Like when you just mentioned that we're going to go into static electricity, I almost thought like, Oh, I thought we were going to go into like big things. I, I, I thought that this was just a little joke thing. Oh no. Like static static electricity. electricity is no joke. And it has fried a, a, a keyboard of mine. Oh, well, it's very real. serious then. For, it's it's a very serious matter. You cherish but, those. Uh, yeah, exactly. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna watch uh, another TED Ed that explains the science of static electricity. There's you, by the way. That's yeah, your, yeah. yeah. That's I, yeah. Your, I know what I look like, up? Jeff. <laughs> yes, I know when I'm looking in a mirror. Damn it! <laughs> yes. Has my webcam on twice? <laughs> You may be walking across a soft carpet and reaching for the door. Yeah, this. I mean, that's a little dramatic. Yeah. Like I've the burn on that. the hand, but I yeah, get what you're yeah. saying, Ted Ed. Okay, here you go. Now, here is your oh, atomic good. explanation. Yes, explain. Okay. Consist of three types of smaller particles. Negatively charged electrons, positively charged protons, and neutral neutrons. Normally, the electrons and protons in an atom balance out which is why most matter you come across is electrically neutral. But electrons are tiny and almost insignificant in mass, and rubbing or friction can give loosely bound electrons enough energy to leave their atoms and attach to others, migrating between different surfaces. Hang on, pause. So you, uh, do you see what they're saying? You see I, what they're well, saying? Uh, kind of, but hang on. So an atom, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, the building block of matter, right? Okay, keep going. Okay. It consists it's of an block. electron. It's just, it's just the it's the is what matter made is made up of. of atoms, right? Yes. Yeah. So, and matter is made up of electrons, protons, and neutrons. No, atoms are, but yes. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 bear with me here. If electrons and protons and neutrons make up atoms, and atoms make up us and everything, and you're telling me here so far that you can just shake off neutrons they can just fall off the atom uh, is there any way that the atoms themselves fall apart and we could just alex mack into a puddle like i know that's not is the that, case but that like the lo- is that the next step <laughs> like is that is why is it that Look, it in a jenga from- tower in a jenga tower if each thing is three things and you take out one from a bunch of them it's gonna fall if every atom is three we things and talking, you can just shake some of them off we are talking about items that are subatomic inside right but you add them all up and it makes us or <laughs> but a, you tower. Add a couple of quadrillion of them up and right. no, like, what this is demonstrating is that through because electrons are are essentially they have a tough time hanging on and they're so there's they're barely there in a lot of ways right but they i'm freaked can, out of the idea that they can fall off like i'm made of atoms and if a third well, of all of my atoms can just be shook off what do you think happens to your skin cells and hair every day well i assume since the that is actual matter like hair and skin well, cells what are they made up of atoms, atoms but i assumed it'd be intact atoms and not ones where the neutrons got shook off so now you i'm afraid about at, neutrons getting you can't give atoms the same respect you give like tangible things that you can see 
Like you can't. But is an atom without scan- a neutron? Is it a, a, is it an active atom? Does it does it hold up? Does it like can it keep you together? Can it keep things together? Or okay, if I took this computer mouse right now and I somehow found a way to extract every neutron out of all of its atoms. Is this thing still together or is it porous? Is it falling apart? Is That's it- a good question. I, I don't know. I don't know what happens when you do that. You just change its atomic makeup. Maybe. Yeah, it, but if you I took out a happens. third of it, if it's all atoms and you're taking out a third of it, I would think like, wouldn't it but be it, uh, less? It's, uh, it's different. It's, it is different because you're not removing the atoms. You're changing the makeup of the atoms. And what the makeup of an atom is what defines the at, like. It what it, it it defines what the thing is, like that's why we have the periodic table because the information included in the periodic table denotes the atomic makeup of all of these things. I'm just freaked out of the concept of atoms with a third just falling off of atoms. Don't like worry that about illustration. that. Okay. What you would the, the for the purposes of understanding static static electricity, what you need to learn and know and realize is that in this video, the electrons here are easily shake-offable. Well, I'm going to have an existential crisis just imagining all of my electrons falling off and then I'm just a puddle. I mean, I could live with that. (laughs) (laughs) Different surfaces. When this happens, the first object is left with more protons than electrons. So there's an imbalance in protons and electrons because the because electrons have shaken off but you're still like so it's positive like your brain so, signals are still going to your limbs and stuff right yeah, like you're it's fine like, you're okay. fine it's talking about the, the electrons that you've shaken off you it's not saying you have you have started to unravel the fabric of your existence <laughs> that's what i'm worried about. no that is not a thing that static electricity is in jeopardy of doing to you what dude. is what i I can't get over just the idea of like parts of your atoms is well, I guess I'll leave you. Oh god. Can you grow yeah. them back? Do electrons grow back? I, growing, I'm not sure that's the word, but watch. Positively <laughs> charged. While the one with more electrons accumulates a negative charge. This situation is called a charge imbalance or net charge separation. But nature tends See, here's that theme again where Mother Nature desires nothing but equilibrium. Okay. So, when one of these newly charged bodies comes into contact with another material... What do you think happens? Does it zap them all back into you? The mobile electrons will take the first chance they get to go where they're most... What the fuck? ...the negatively charged object or jumping on... So you can just... Fucking Luke Skywalker just force pulled matter into your body by touching something. And it just, I mean, it just like is, refills your electron not, meters. You aren't doing it is because you are positively charged and you're interacting with a thing that's negatively charged. And, the, and it just and sucks the, them back into the atoms? Does it only do one electron per atom? equilibrium is desiring. And that uh, equilibrium is what creates the, the coming together is what creates the static shock. How do they know where to go, the electrons? How they do they just, know which they one desire, is which atoms? They desire balance. How the fuck? Well, it's not, they're not exactly aware, it's just how it is. That's crazy. It's crazy. And this quick movement of electrons, See? called static discharge, is what we recognize as that sudden... Sp- Again, the burns are not accurate. Sure, but sure. here we go. This process doesn't happen with just any objects. Otherwise, you'd be getting zapped all the time. Conductors like metals and salt water 
tend to have loosely bound outer electrons, which can easily flow between molecules. On the other hand, insulators like plastics, rubber, and glass have tightly bound electrons that won't readily jump to other atoms. Static buildup is most likely to occur when one of the materials involved is an insulator. When you walk across a rug, electrons from your body will rub off onto it. <laughs> Insulating wool will resist losing its own electrons. Although your body and the rug together are still electrically neutral, there is now a charge polarization between the two. And when you reach to touch the doorknob, zap! The metal doorknob's loosely bound electrons hop to your hand to replace the electrons your body has lost. When it happens in your bedroom, it's a minor nuisance. But in the great outdoors, city oh. can be a terrifying, destructive force of nature. In certain conditions, charge separation will occur in clouds. We don't know exactly how this happens. It may have to do with the circulation of water droplets and ice particles within them. Regardless, the charge imbalance is neutralized by being released towards another body, such as a building. No shit. A giant spark that we know as lightning. It's the same concept with there lightning and fucking Bring it all back. static electricity. You can strike the same place more than once. So that's the that's the that's the takeaway. Crazy. The takeaway in how I designed our lesson plan is that lightning and static electricity are fundamentally the same thing. It's just a much larger scale uh, uh, example of the same concept. And that's the thing too, right? Like in the Ben Franklin video, they talk about how the idea, like everyone was 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 fucking around with little lightning experiments, you know, like you know, killing sheep or they're yeah. burning their wiener on it or whatever they were doing. <laughs> and they're like, well, this certainly looks like the junk that comes out of the sky when it rains sometimes. And the yeah, age of enlightenment. <laughs> that is the age of enlightenment. Burning your dick uh, equals lightning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, uh, so that's, that's, that's what I learned from all this. What, how do how do you feel about it now that we've, taken a very strange walk through the land of electricity. So completely different view of the origins and discovery in the Ben Franklin story. That That is very, uh, uh, I have a much better understanding of that. Also, uh, honestly, my biggest takeaway, I think I learned a lot of things during this. My biggest takeaway is that water conducts electricity. Like that is, I feel like that is a okay. major thing that like is not just some like you know lofty scientific concept that is something that like i could think about when i'm wet <laughs> so well, so now now i, mean, I, like, I cut I, to the visual of you getting out of the shower next time you take one and you just sort of looking at an outlet a little differently than you looked at well, it. Well, uh, that's the day. thing is like, because I feel like I knew these ideas separately from each other. Yeah. You know, like I said, like, oh, it does that thing in Bioshock or you're not supposed to touch an outlet when you're wet. I'll, I'll or, never look at Bioshock the same, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I feel like there's just this overarching concept now tying all these disparate things that I understood before that like it's not just random like oh here's 20 things I know it's oh here's 20 things I know that are governed by this principle of water conducing electricity yeah like I that is the thing I never put together and 
it's that, that that's kind of an aha moment for me, honestly. Like that's that's my big takeaway out of uh, today's lesson. Um, the the thing that I take away is that uh, nature will always find a way to keep itself balanced, which I think is an amazing sort of idea and shapes our world. And uh, I think just again, uh, the notion of every child in school assuming that Ben Franklin was severely electrocuted by lightning being a I, hilarious visual for me yeah and uh, yeah, i was just completely way off with my understanding of that because i really thought that was about like oh look we can harness this and power things i i thought it was like him showing people an electrified key and being like now we can have street lamps you know like yeah i no, i hear you yeah I, I i genuinely have learned i think a, a decent amount static electricity still is harder for me to grasp just because it, it's so subatomic and and hard for me to picture like how the fuck do we know that like uh, the idea of atoms i mean atoms could be a whole episode that i i just don't that just seems crazy atoms seem crazy atoms um, do seem crazy i agree with that yeah but i i think that illustration helped that last video we watched and the the tying lightning to static electricity of just like I, I honestly, if you asked me how lightning happened before this episode, I knew it was just some weird cloud shit and like, oh, there's some, some sort of something going on in the clouds and that happens. Like I would not even begin to start to explain how, and now, even though I don't fully understand the atom stuff, I would be able to at least have the like, oh, some clouds are this way and some clouds are that way. And if it gets all jumbly, it has to like, you know, squirt it out, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's verbatim, I think. <laughs> I don't mean to get like, all scientific on No, I know. I, come on. There's layman here. Bro. Okay, <laughs> right, please, please, yes. please, 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 doctor. doctor <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, this has been a, a delight. Don't forget, this will be on the test. Okay, so this will be on the test. I want you to make sure you, you keep it in mind. There okay. will be a final exam. Uh, just to reiterate, if you do pass that final exam, uh, there is a MacGruber... <gasps> blu-ray in your future i know it's the one that got away this is number one you could have i know you've got 15 16 17 copies of mcgruber on blu-ray it's 24 but but that was the first first. one i bought that the day it came out first i drove to a best buy to get that day one sometimes i i I talk to it i just want you i get it i know sometimes it used to be mine i I tell it things you know yeah i know all right, it's still in here. We're good. Okay. Um, it's not eco anymore. <laughs> it's no longer eco. I made that swap. Uh, Do I get your copy of eco too if I pass the no, test? No, actually, hell no. Even though I don't know how I would ever play that again. No, you cannot. You <laughs> cannot have my copy. I've got a PS2 right here. <laughs> um, hey, buddy, this was a ton of fun. I'm looking it forward was. to next week, uh, which I don't think we're going to tease the topic just yet. But, don't tell me um, either. I don't no, know. Yeah, not, not going to tell you. Um, Thank you for uh, tuning in, everyone. Um, Just a heads up, the first episode of Back to School uh, is completely free, but uh, afterwards, (laughs) you're going to need premium to see where this rabbit hole goes. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, thanks so much to Jan for producing. Thank you, Dan Reichert, and we'll see you next time. How do we know that? How the fuck do we know that? How the fuck do we know that? How? How do we know that? What the fuck? How the fuck?